Greeting everyone there on Podcast World. This is Sifu Raul, the Lohan School of Shaolin. Just a shout out to Cars and Kung Fu. Thanks for coming visiting, guys. Please check out that podcast. Welcome to Cars and Kung Fu, a podcast of two entirely different subjects, totally unrelated. I am your host, Chris Vicente. I have some co-hosts with me today. More than just two, we have Delmar Miner. How you guys doing? Coven Blackman. Hello. We have special guest host for at least a few episodes, Dwayne Hayes. Hello, everyone. All right. So we'll get to it. This is our SEMA episode uh, back. We had to have Dwayne on this one because uh, we went to SEMA 2021. Dwayne was able to go, but Coven had to skip out on it. So he was unable to go. So we wanted to... Have a car guy in here. Now, Dwayne is unique is that he is a car and a kung fu guy. He is also one of my martial arts students. So, And uh, surprisingly to Coven, uh, Delmar went to SEMA with us. So we had a good time out there uh, in Vegas, huh? We had a great time. I, uh, I learned a lot about cars I never knew about. Yeah, so uh, we'll get right to it. So one of the unique things that happened was uh, we met... 2009 F1 champ, Jensen Button, uh, at which Coven said, now, who is this guy? I told him it'd be like me walking up to Kurt Warner and going, uh, who is this guy? So, he was pretty cool, though. He was awesome. Um, like I said, you had to explain to me, like, what, 10, 15 times, like, that's Jensen Button. He's the F1 series car champion. I'm like, okay, cool. So, it's nice meeting him. He was world champion, great guy. He uh, signed my Williams backpack, which uh, surprised me because uh, Williams kind of did him dirty uh, in the sports world. They they tossed him over to Honda while uh, he was in a car that was capable of winning and put uh, Juan Pablo Montoya in there. So, Coven, you an F1 fan? So, unfortunately, I'm not an F1 fan. Um, I almost watched almost everything else. White F1. I don't know why. I know it's a very prestigious league. I just don't. I'm just not a fan of it. Well, it's good stuff. You get a chance lately. Uh, you know, I, we had some controversy yeah. at the end of the 2021 season. Uh, here in 2022, Max is uh, taking back up the the battle and is winning some races, and uh, Lewis Hamilton's not. So I did watch last see. year's um, finish. That was great. Um, I mean, honestly, it's like I have a lot of people that love F1. One of my best friends of all time, he loves F1. I'm just not just not a fan of it. We'll but I, but I do watch it. I watch some highlights. So, Delmar, what was the most surprising thing you saw out there at SEMA? What do you think? I think the most surprising thing was how much you can do to outfit to spice up, to just make a vehicle truly a piece of art. Um, I mean, of course, you know, you see it every day. You see people, you know, do different things to their vehicles. But when you watch people actually do their craft and you see it firsthand, it's just amazing. So it made me, you know, have a more appreciation for, you know, the art of not only fixing, but, you know, Wrapping cars, painting cars, tires, rims. I mean, you name it, it was there. The wraps were quite incredible. I didn't know you could make something shiny that way. It, it really looked like paint. 
Um, I've watched that evolve over time. I've been going to SEMA for a while. Dwayne, it was your your first SEMA experience. What did you think? I was surprised at how big it was. You know, even though it, it was, was a small year because of COVID. It was. And even though SEMA was there for, what, about a week, you still didn't have enough time to see everything. It was surprising. We actually got to do some of the outdoor events. We uh, drove in the new Bronco. We did. That was very cool. Uh, you know, Dwayne's not a Ford guy, so, you know, it had to be great to uh, have it Dwayne. It impressed me a lot. So, what do you think, Dwayne? What, what was one thing that surprised you while you were out there? Man, there's a lot of stuff. Truthfully, the whole time, I wanted to see a coin seg there. And I was surprised there was only one coin seg at that entire event. Well, like I said, it was a little smaller show than It was. It year. was a smaller show. And they put the Cohen seg right next to, uh, what was it, Pagani? Pagani, yeah. Yep. We saw Zonda while we were there. That was pretty cool. Uh, for me, I really felt that the whole electrification was a big deal. Um, we have engines that are fake engines that go over the, the electric power plants. Uh, Chevrolet had a 56 Chevy that was done up in a truck. Uh, we had um, lots of... Uh, Ford flathead lookalikes that had electrification. This was the year they had that uh, old Ford F100 that had the dual motors front and rear to be a four-wheel drive that was done. Uh, Dwayne's shaking his head. Dwayne, Dwayne's not really into electrification. I, I'm not a an EV fan. I don't like him, but I do have to agree there was a lot of EV stuff at SEMA, and there was a lot of EV swaps into... Even older muscle cars. I think there wasn't there a Camaro. That yeah, had an EV they had swap? a Camaro. Uh, they even had a Chevelle. Had a diesel swap. Had the six two diesel in it. So that was a kind of a pretty cool thing. Have you uh, seen a lot of those, Coven? The diesel swaps. I actually. It's funny because the first thing that popped in my head was I was at a car meet, um, and like a lot of the guys still like to do such illicit things that I will not talk about but um but it was funny because this one guy was talking with uh this guy with a Camaro and he was just tuning on the fly he had the laptop outside the car it was some brand new SS and the guy was like you want to roll he's like well what's uh, he had an explorer too he was like well what's in that explorer he was like no nah, I got this 6.2 power stroke I said I said wait I said power stroke that's a diesel sir I don't know how you put that in a two-door explorer and it was funny because the guy was like, you want to roll? Let's roll. And he was like, yeah, what you want to do? You want to do like a highway pull? He's like, yeah. He's like, what you want to do? Like 60? He was like, nah, we'll do like 120. He said, miles an hour? 120 miles an hour? And it was hilarious because he was just like, look, you got to give me school buses or something because there ain't no way I can do rolls at 120. He was like, what's in that car, man? But it was, it was, that was funny. But diesel swaps are common now. Um, even some of the manufacturers have diesel cars that you just wouldn't know about. Uh, Chevy's uh, Cruze had diesels in them. You could get those manual with diesel swaps. Um, top of my head, I mean, there's a lot of cars that, act, especially in Britain too, in the UK and Europe in general, there's a lot of diesel cars. That yeah. Definitely we don't have over here. We diesel had, swaps uh, are common, K-Series, everything. Wow. We had quite a few uh, adventures. While we were out there, we um, got to meet Christy Lee. She did us a shout out. I think Bonnie will play that here. 
Hey guys, what's up? Christy Lee here hanging out at SEMA 2021 and I just want to say hello to all of you on Cars and Kung Fu. I'd show you my sweet Kung Fu moves, but this is a podcast, so that doesn't work. No, but thank you. <laughs> Delmar, we met Christy Lee. You know, you'd... She, she was, was pretty hot, cool. Man. She was hot. I'm sorry. <laughs> she was amazing. She was one of the probably the coolest you know, aspects of the event, just getting to talk to her. She's so down to earth. Um, I mean, I, I didn't know who she was until I got there, and and it was just really neat to meet her. Yeah, she was pretty cool. Uh, I got to meet the Stig, the original Stig, Ben Contwell. He's not the original, but he's the second Stig on Top Gear. We got a little shout-out from him. He was pretty funny. Bonnie will put that in at this point. Kung Fu and Cars. Cars and Kung Fu. Hey, guys, a shout-out for Kung Fu and Cars. Cars and Kung Fu? Never heard of it. But anyway, it sounds like a fun channel. Kick-ass cars and good chat. So that was uh, Ben Collins, the Stig. He was pretty cool. Uh, although they didn't uh, really advertise him all that much at that area. I was really shocked. I were, would have thought they would have uh, really marketed that the Stig was there a lot more because he he was he's a real part of car culture. I mean, there were lots of shirts um, you can still get shirts say I am the Stig and I'm with the Stig and no I'm the real Stig and and things like that. So uh, Top Gear it really did take over the world at one point. So the other what else do we find that was out there? I'll tell you the one thing that I was shocking was when the Mach E did the drifting and all you heard was a tire squeal. You didn't hear an engine at all. You just had a Mach E out there turning donuts and running around uh it was kind of eerie in the beginning that you don't hear those things and you're used to the loud motor and then the uh the all-wheel drive mustang came out there and started spinning out what'd you think Dwayne? it was interesting i got to agree you know typically when you hear burnouts or whatnot you hear the sound of an engine revving up but with the mach-e all you heard was just tire squealing there was no engine nothing and it was it was different it was cool it smoked, it really smoked those tires. It really did, but there's no engine. I didn't like that. What'd you think about all the Del the uh, burnouts and everything, Delmar? Oh, man, it was awesome. It, I think the coolest thing about it is, like you said, seeing all the different cars. Um, and, and like you said, you know, some you couldn't hear the engine. Other ones, I mean, they were revving up. And, I mean, it was just, the drivers out there are just amazing. Whoever they get to do those shows, I mean, they have a lot of skill. One of my driving coaches was one of the drivers. Oh, yeah, you told me he that. He had gone out there. Um, he had wrote on Facebook how he was going to be out there doing doing the driving, uh, sliding around at SEMA. So that was pretty cool. Didn't they have uh, Vaughn Gittin Jr. out there? They did. I was about to say. For, you, uh, for those of you that don't know, he is a Formula Drift driver, which, I mean, all props to them. I mean, throwing a car sideways and being able to keep it the way they keep it, I mean, it's absolutely amazing. That is one of the other motorsports I watch from time to time. It is amazing skill. Drifting is amazing skill. Uh, there's there's no doubt about it. Those guys can seriously drive. Uh, back in the early days of drifting, a lot of race race car drivers didn't really care for their skill, but uh, it really takes a tremendous amount of skill to slide a car around like that. And hold it, too. And hold it, and you can keep your line, and it's just amazing when you're out there doing that. Especially tandems too. 
Just having two people do it at the same time, being next to each other. Or trains. I mean, five people can do the same thing. You know what I mean? Well, they and did have the two, the Mach-E and, and, the, the, and, Vaughn, and the Mustang were, yeah. were out there at the same time sliding around. So that was kind of really cool. We took a day and we went to Apex, uh, which is a lot of um, factory aftermarket parts or uh, suppliers uh, where we stocked up on fair amount of uh, office supplies. <laughs> I think one of the greatest memories uh, that's not correlated is how much stuff we compiled from SEMA and Apex. It's crazy. You know, I told these guys, do not bring extra shirts that we'll, we'll get plenty of shirts while we're there. We saw the new Hummer. We did. We Jeep had an impressive electric uh, lineup with a 4xE instead of a 4x4 Jeep. That was pretty cool. Uh, out at Apex, we saw a lot of turbos, a lot of different transmission things, and um, a lot of different tools, huh, Dwayne? I mean, they were giving away nice little uh, pocket screwdrivers and all kinds of stuff. So we had a really good time at SEMA. So what did you miss about us going to SEMA there, Coven? Uh, well, I'll tell you what I did miss was you texted me everything that was at SEMA. Because um, I was, I mean, everything that Chris sent me over the phone, I was really jealous. And I really would have went had I had the opportunity to go and had the time to take it off of work. Um, but I mean... Even seeing some people on just social media, Toyo Tires, they had a very big lineup over there with, I think it was a fully carbon R32, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. There was uh, fully carbon I mean, R32. And to put together, excuse me, to put together stuff like that, I mean, it's, it's insane. It's insane to see it through social media, let alone be able to be there and see it in person. Um, Cause it's definitely a big difference and I'm mad I couldn't be there, but. It was a really a smaller show. Uh, than it's been in the past, um, but it was still a lot of fun. It was Dwayne's first trip to Vegas. Uh, he went out there, and uh, he won a little bit of money, um, so that was cool. And uh, we had a good time renting a little car. Another reason we had gone out there is uh, Sifu Delmar, he has a buddy out there. I do, the uh, Aloha School of Shaolin. Uh, shout out to them, uh, run by Sifu Raw Ba, uh, is out there, and uh, I was able to go and visit with them and train with them. Had a great time. So Sifu Raul uh, was kind enough to open his school to us. He uh, taught some iron palm training to uh, Sifu Delmar and to Dwayne. Did you enjoy that, Dwayne? I did. It was cool to be taught a little something by a different school, a whole different region of the world. Yep, it was pretty neat. They, uh, they're real open to us. We have an interview clip that uh, Sifu Delmar had done with uh, Sifu Raul, so we'll play that. Hey guys, what's up? This is Delmar from Cars and Kung Fu, and I'm here with Sifu Raul Ba, headmaster of the Lohan School of Shaolin in Las Vegas. What's up, Sifu Raul? Hey, what's up, guys? Hey. Nothing much. Um, so um, we had the privilege to come and visit with the Lohans and just kind of learn some interesting Kung Fu techniques. And uh, Sifu Raul, tell us a little bit about the Las Vegas Lohans. Oh, well, we've been around for about 25, going close to 30 years now. My, my dad moved here in the, uh, in the late 80s, started uh, doing Tai Chi. That started to grow a little bit. And after that, he had some uh, friends of mine that were interested in doing Kung Fu. After that, he told us to uh, 
from this Sunday and learned in the garage. And that was about 20, 20 something years ago. Uh, so a couple of us start off in the garage, grew from the garage to a couple of different places. And now we're probably into our fourth location, finally setting back down here in the Chinatown Plaza. So kind of come full circle. And, uh, you know, my dad passed away a couple of years ago. So I'm doing my best just trying to keep the tradition going. And Sifu, uh, with that, with you taking over the school, what have been some of the, the challenges that you've seen uh, just kind of now taking on this new role? Uh, well, a lot of challenges because some big shoes to fill. Um, so there's just a lot of areas that I I'd wish I'd had uh, worked on a little bit more on and uh, kind of delved into a little bit more. But a uh, pandemic came and that threw another wrench into everything. So it's just been one thing after another. So right now I'm just doing everything I can is to keep things afloat, keep people interested, keep people wanting to learn the martial arts. And so just doing everything I can just to, just to keep the keep the machine moving. Well, you've done a great job. And uh, speaking of COVID, how has COVID um, just affected the martial arts community here in Las Vegas? Oh, it affected super hard. I heard of so many schools closing down just because of the pandemic. Uh, for us, we really rely on Chinese New Year shows to really uh, create revenue for the school and keep the doors open. So that put a really... Uh, really hit on us uh, not having the Chinese New Year shows like we normally do. So, uh, yeah, so a lot of schools got affected by it. So, um, yeah, so it, 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 put a, it put a hurt on us. But, uh, you know, some of us, some of us are thriving. Some of us, you know, are, I don't know, some of us are still hurting. But, you know, we're trying our best. Well, from what I can see of your new location, you're doing an excellent job. Um, and, and just kind of speaking of Lion Dance, uh, how do you feel – a school should approach lion dance. I know for myself, um, you know, I'm new to it and I know a lot of schools are now delving more into it, uh, such as myself. Do you feel like that's a staple of any Kung Fu school? Should they do it? Should they not do it? Or how should they get into it? I think if, if you have the opportunities, I mean, it depends on the market and their need, if there's actually you know, calls, a call for lion dancing. But uh, it's a great additional income to bring to your school. So not only have to rely on just uh, tuition, uh, you have another alternative source to kind of help uh, help keep the doors open more. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think if there is the opportunity for it, I think definitely uh, if, if there is. But uh, as long as you do it the right way and not kind of just out there and just making stuff up and not following traditions and stuff, because it's uh, you know it's, it's deep in Chinese heritage and culture and stuff. So as long as you kind of follow those guidelines and just do the right thing, I think I think it'd be it'd be good if, if if you can. I mean, if not, then if you know there's nobody asking for line dances, then you know might might not be so uh, useful. But if you if you do and you got a market and you got people interested in them, by all means. I think so. Just, just as long as you keep it, keep it real. So what advice do you have for expiring martial artists out there? What, what kind of encouragement could you give them to continue the arts? Um, just, just continue. If, if you love it, if that's the art, if that's your, if that's your hobby, if that's your thing, then continue with it. Make it your, make it yours. Own it. Um, you know, dive into it. You know, there's so much into the culture and the history of, of this Chinese martial arts, the Chinese heritage, anything that dealing with that aspect. I mean, there's so much to it and stuff. It'd be, I mean, most of us barely even cracked the, uh, cracked the, the beginning of it by, you know, like I, like my father did, he did internal stuff, he did uh, spiritual stuff, he did Kung Fu stuff. And so there was like a whole lot to it and stuff. So I think there's mo- mo- so much to it that I, I, I you know, I, I think there's just, there's more that it's more than it would meet the eye, you know? Okay. And, and last question, I know this is probably going to be a non-martial arts uh, related question, but we are cars and Kung Fu. So I have to add in a car question. So what's your dream car? My dream car, ah, oh, see, like growing up, I was a big James Bond fan, so I always wanted to Aston Martin, like that was always, and then uh, even even the newer ones and the newer like uh, uh, Pierce Bronson uh, 007s, but uh, 
uh, I always liked muscle cars. One of my first cars was a 78 Camaro. You know, I loved uh, I loved Bullet because uh, there's that, you know, the Mustang uh, uh, chase scene in it too. So it's, uh, but there is a big car culture here. There's like, you know, my guys are all into like the, the Japanese cars. They got, you know, they got the, uh, they got the Skylines and they got the Delicas and they got the, uh, you know, you know, stuff that you don't see anywhere else and stuff. So yeah, there's definitely a big culture with that here too. So guys, we just want to thank Sifu Raul for uh, being on this podcast and listen to us on Spotify and we'll see you later. All right. Have fun. So Sifu Raul was, was really cool about that. Um, at the end, you know, Delmar had to ask him, well, what was his favorite car? And he's got a beautiful school out there in a Asian mall. Uh, they put him right up on the screen just outside. They've got a giant LED screen that runs different businesses. And so you see him come up every now and then. Yeah, their area is really cool. Um, you know, what's neat about Vegas, especially that area, it's cool to have a traditional Chinese martial arts school in the Chinatown area. Uh, you know, one of the things about, you know, living in the South and Charlotte region, you know, unfortunately, we don't have that big of a Asian community like that. But maybe one day that'll change. Yeah, it made us feel we're welcome. Will you describe a little bit about the type of martial arts Sifu does? Uh, so the Lohan School of Shaolin, they do... Um, Northern Shaolin, uh, basically under the Kuyu Chung lineage. They also do some Tai Chi, Praying Mantis. Um, and uh, they're actually really good at what they do. I would uh, definitely say if you ever want to see um, like truly high level skill of lion dance, uh, they do a lot of lion dance for the, the Vegas casinos and a lot of the um, different things out there, um, basically in the entertainment capital of the world. Uh, if you've ever watched the the movie Rush Hour Two, they are actually uh, in that scene with the the lion dance. That's them. Wow, I had no idea that that happened. So yeah. it's really cool. He opened his school up to us. Uh, Dwayne and I, after you had left, we went to the martial arts store that he recommended us going to, and we bought a few items uh, to find out that um, Jeff Speakman from the uh, martial arts movie The Perfect Weapon. Oh, that's really cool. Has a school out there, and he huh. just opened one in Vegas. So Maybe next time we go, we should try to visit. Yep, Jeff Speakman, uh, Kempo stylist. Uh, movie is... Um, the Perfect Weapon is, is okay for a 80s martial arts flick. I've never seen that movie, but... A lot of the uh, the older martial arts that I talked to talk about how that movie, you know, inspired them to want to train and to learn different aspects of the art. He is one of Ed Parker Kempo's students, so uh, he was fourth degree black belt at the time when he when he shot that movie. I'm not sure where he is on the, on the scale now. So that's kind of our wrap up of SEMA 2021. We had a few interviews. We had a few things. We want to end the show. We had uh, met two nice young ladies who uh, agreed to give us a shout out. So we'll put that clip at the end. As always, I like to give a little martial arts history. So uh, the Yellow River map was discovered, they say, pre-221 B.C., uh, that is referencing the Tao Te Ching and the I Ching. It's supposed to be an esoteric map of the world found on the back of a turtle shell. And a lot of martial arts uh, look to that map for guidance. It's got the nine palaces and the Bagua and others on the back. Also, 
1948, Ford made the first purpose-built F1 truck. Ford, they, uh, it was the only, first one to actually have a different chassis from a car. Um, that truck was around from 48 to 52. And then in 53, they started with the F100 series, which eventually grew to the F150, of which is the most popular vehicle now. So, as always, we're coming to you from sunny downtown Mint Hill in our recording studio here in Bonnie's living room with our super producer, Bonnie. And we're such a rowdy crew today that she had to call in some assistance from assistant super producer Rodney. So we always appreciate that. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. So I'll say my part, you say your part. Okay. I don't, I don't know my part. Oh, so I'll say my name. Okay. Say, okay. Hi, guys. I'm Veronica. Hey, it's Lisa. And we're here at SEMA Show, and we just want to do a shout-out to Cars. And Kung Fu. Woohoo, guys. <laughs>